You're tuned in to Chromebooks Today, the podcast where Chromebook news and views collide. If you need the show notes or just want to say hi, visit us at Chromebooks.today. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chromebooks Today. My name is John Alton, and joining me every week is Mr. Craig Tumbleson. There is a member of us missing, Mr. James Walbus, but he's uh, he said to step out this evening, and he'll be back either later in the show or maybe next week. I'm not sure. But, uh, but Craig, we've been off for three weeks, I believe, three whole weeks. Why is that, Craig? Well, I think we all can have our own theories. It's kind of a little up to interpretation. Um, personally, I like to think that we were preempted by reruns of March Madness, but um, I, I think it really it's up to the viewer, John. It's up to the viewer to envision what the three of us were up to and why we're missing an appendage in the form of James. Um, who knows what James is doing? I don't know what James is doing. He could be fighting a lice epidemic in Africa or in America in his home. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's up to, John. Do you? Uh, he could be fighting lice. I know that uh, I just had to run out because I I was fighting gravity as my daughter fell out of her bunk bed. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's a lot of fighting going on here, Craig. But now that the, there was a three-week hiatus, and I don't uh, – March Madness, is that a sports joke, Craig? It was an attempt at a sports joke, John. I'm, I'm pretty sure it bombed, but that's okay because the great thing about podcasts is I don't have to listen to the audience feedback. <laughs> That's absolutely true, Craig. Um, we don't listen to feedback, do we? No, of course we do. Uh, we, we didn't mean to be off for three weeks, but of course we just uh, got caught up in some stuff. To be honest, there was the, the news was a little bit light, but we have been able to pull together some information this week as well as there was a little bit of Google I.O. that happened. Craig, real quick, I know we got a couple of news articles, and honestly, none of them are Google I.O. related really quickly because it has passed. The Google I.O. has gone, 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 been and gone. Real quick, just your impressions, maybe something that you thought was was uh, earth-shattering, jaw-dropping about Google I.O. 2015? Uh, well, I found their learning networks very interesting, their layers of learning networks and how they're uh, basically able to detect things from contextual information and recognize objects and provide information on them. Uh, and cardboard, I thought... I thought it was interesting that they dedicated the amount of time that they did to cardboard because I have one and I love it. My favorite thing is to take photospheres and then drop myself into it and then hand the cardboard to someone else and say, hey, check this out. I was in my creek. There was an island or something. You're on the island. And then watch them try to walk around and start bumping into things. That's one of my favorite hobbies, John. So I found it interesting, especially the education spinoff, um, basically giving these things little pieces of cardboard with a phone or tablet in it to schools and letting them take virtual field trips. I think that's, I think that's an, an amazing opportunity and it's a good way to get kids engaged. So I found that to be exciting. And of course, Google now on tap is going to be amazing when we finally get it. Um, and the tweaks to Android M I'm looking forward to the permission controls and stuff like that. So, but as far as Chrome OS is concerned, there wasn't anything major I don't think that we should have expected anything major, though, because we see things coming down the pipe 12 weeks in advance on the regular. So we don't get a lot of surprises with Chrome, for better or for worse. Well, we get we get surprises every four weeks, right? <laughs> like the uh, the waffle turning into a you know a magnifying glass, things like that. That that's where we get our surprises. It's, it's on the daily almost. <laughs> so yeah, I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. The uh, there wasn't much Chrome news. I, I did watch, you know, live and and took took it all in. I, I agree with you that the cardboard thing is actually pretty fascinating, just because you have Oculus Rift, which is now owned by uh, Facebook. You have Samsung coming out with their 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 huge you know apparatus for your face. Um, I don't want an apparatus for my face, Craig. <laughs> I want thirty dollars worth of cardboard, a couple of lenses, and my current phone. And I'm good to go, right? That's what I, that's what I found really cool, and I think that you hit the nail on the head with the whole education piece and making it low cost, so that way you could you could um, you, VR would become inexpensive, and that's really what it it should be. That I kind of like Google's approach. Some people said, "Oh, this is just throwaway stuff for Google." Like, what are they doing? But for them being able to host the 
the 3D environment on YouTube already. So they already have a platform to, to, to share out the, the content. Uh, they talked about the distribution and, and the creation of the content by using their apparatus and cameras and everything like that that they're going to make low cost. So it, it's pretty neat. I mean, if you think about it, a museum could easily build the apparatus and and film things like the inside of their museum or, you know, when you go to like somewhere like, um, you know, some estate like, you know, for instance, Mount Vernon's right near here, near me here in Baltimore, just, just south of here, you've got <clears throat> Mount Vernon. And so, you know, home with Thomas Jefferson, you know, take a tour, right? So, or was that Washington? I think it was Jefferson. Now I'm getting it all mixed up. Anyway, so my point is, is that Google took a different approach and using existing infrastructure like YouTube, using something like cardboard and phones that are already out there. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. I think the contextual, the on tap um, Google Now, that's pretty interesting too. Uh, they also talked about the Internet of Things. I believe that they're, they're going to use Android for their version of the Internet of Things. Uh, uh, sort of. It's well. No. It was announced as Android, but um, keep your eyes open because the Chrome team is heavily involved. Well, listen. Here's the thing. So, so you've got you've got the Internet of Things. You've got Ubuntu, and I, I'm not going to get too far into it. But you've got Ubuntu. You've got Ubuntu Core coming out. You've got Core um, OS out by some other some other group that's not Google, um, which is really just Chrome OS, the back end of it. And so that way you can, they have that same awesome functionality though of being able to flip flop the entire base image along with the drivers for things like network cards and things like that and the stacks inside. So that way, you, whatever you've laid on top, you know, it, it all makes sense, especially for the Internet of Things. Because one of the Internet of Things problems is no one's going to fix it. 12 years down the line, your refrigerator is still connected to the Internet and it's got a huge hole because it's using OpenSSL from five years ago. So, if you can get it updated easily, especially the core and then any packages through Docker or something else like that. So it's just another company. What I'm, and I know that most people don't find this annoying, but I wanted to be like, when they mentioned it, I'm like, can we, can we, can we just say Linux? Because I, I know you're ripping off, like you're ripping, because they're like, oh yeah, we're going to rip out the Java piece. So we're going to, but it's going to be Android. You rip out the Java piece, it's just Linux. It's just Linux. Sort of. It, it is Linux, but, um, Okay, so I, I don't have any inside information here. But when we first heard the codename Brillo, I, I went digging on the Chromium tracker to see, eh, you know, what's there. And there is a surprising amount of information, including Brillo board overlays right alongside Chrome OS board overlays uh, using the same update tools. Um, Chrome OS is now being optimized for very small um, amounts of disk space and RAM. Um, like micro size, like 64 megabytes of RAM um, and disk space that would fit on literally like flash storage media, not, not even solid state, but just flash media. Um, so it's Android officially, but the Chromecast is Chrome branded and Android software. I feel like this might be Android branded with Chrome software. I don't know. And the, hard, the Chrome team's hardware lab is definitely... I've uh, been doing some testing for this. So I, again, I don't know exactly where the line in the drain of the line in the sand is drawn. Google probably doesn't even know. This may just be the result of convergence, uh, just kind of natural convergence over time. But I would not be surprised if as we get closer and we start digging in, if in large amounts this is more Chrome than Android. Yeah, and, and I'm I mean I'm, you know, I sound all all uppity about it and my Linuxiness, um, but I, it is a good thing, right? It's just, it is because they're going to taking the same approach as the other as the other teams, and you'll be able to update. So I mean, it's a good thing. Um, I just the whole the whole uh, I don't know, <laughs> like someone is trying to light on Linux because it's all Linux. But anyway, um, it is good news though, and I think the Core OS team. It's interesting. I wonder if they've they've brought anything from the Core OS team because the Core OS team's done a great job on the server level. I wonder if they just took their own stuff. But anyway, we'll we'll get off that because that's 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 a little bit too geeky. <laughs> it's 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 almost too geeky for me. I start to like nod off. Um, Craig, what else is going on out there? What's going on with the stable update that just popped out? Yes. So June first, while we were off air, 
Uh, the stable channel for Chrome OS got an update to milestone 43, John. It's 43. 43? Yes, which is a very impressive number for reasons, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so the answer to everything or whatever? Yeah, 42. 42. Oh, we missed that? Did no, Francois have a post? I'm pretty sure we commented on that at the time. And if we didn't, we provided a disservice to everything that the internet has ever stood for. I was going to say, we should be shot. Uh, Yeah, shot would be an understatement, I think. Um, So just covering uh, the highlights for Milestone 43, um, an autofill setting for credit cards from Google Wallet. Um, I've heard a few people ask for more information on this. I'm not sure if it's actually active yet. Um, And I'm not sure what it means when you factor in Android Pay. Um, because we know that's coming. So I don't know if Android Pay is going to replace Google Wallet in terms of Chrome integration or what that's going to end up looking like. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that when Milestone 64 comes around and we're dealing with it. Um, this also, Milestone 43 also enables OK Google for, from, I, okay, it just started. Ah, I, I will never get used to that. Um, it enables the Google slash OK hot wording functionality. Uh, on the new Chromebook Pixel, which is what I'm using, which is why it popped up, no matter what screen you're on, which is kind of neat. Um, it brings physical keyboard autocorrection, which I am starting to get used to, but I'm still finding pretty annoying. Uh, now, enabling that re- requires going into some settings and um, tweaking some things. And you can select between uh, turning it off, um, modest or even aggressive autocorrection, depending on your personal uh, preference. And lastly, it brings a material design for the virtual keyboard, which I have not checked out yet, but I'm sure it looks great. <laughs> uh, but I think those are the highlights of the uh, Milestone 43 release. And so far, I haven't seen any major complaints, uh, but I do know that the team has pulled the update for the Asus C200 Chromebook. Um, they say that they caught a bug last minute. I don't know the details. Um, but if you own one of those devices and it says it's up to date on Milestone 42, you don't have a problem. That is to be expected. So, Craig, um, speeching, speeching. <laughs> speaking of catching bugs, Mr. Welbus has joined us. Hi, John. Ah, the wonders of having children, my friend. Uh, we, we just talked. We, we did briefly explain your absence. Not for the past three weeks. We think you were just being lazy last three weeks. But, but. Excuse Welcome. me. I've been available. <laughs> Ish. Ish. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, welcome, sir. Craig was just talking about uh, the the Android Pay versus the Wallet Pay. Um, is it just a reband, rebranding, James? Uh, here's the thing, John. I have no clue. Uh, I was actually just wondering myself what the difference is between Android Pay and Google Wallet. And uh, so I look forward to listening to this episode later and, and finding out. Craig, 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 I'll give you a chance to say hello to Mr. Wallace, but I do have a question for you. Is, is Android Pay a protocol and the wallet is a service? Well, I, I want to quickly, quickly clarify. I don't need an opportunity to say hi to James. We're not that close. Um, <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, they didn't do a very good job on stage of clarifying what the role of each brand was or what the futures of either will actually be. And I've actually heard that they're trialing something new called contactless payment, which is just walking into a store, uh, picking some items up, going to the cash point of sale system and saying, hi, I would like to pay with Google and it happening. So I Shut have up. no 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 this is real and I will throw a link in the show notes. Um, I have no idea what the future of payments hold. I just want to pay with my watch using NFC. How come Apple can do it and we can't? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, good old Apple. Um, hey, competition's awesome. So, well, <laughs> all right. So uh, you know that. We, we really don't know. I think what you, uh, to the point, um, we all saw I.O., we all saw the presentations. We don't know. We don't know if it's a protocol service, where's Google Wallet going. 
Well, uh, yeah, it's what's that? In my vast knowledge that I just gained reading an article on Gizmodo 30 seconds ago, it would appear as if Android Pay is basically the same thing as the Google Wallet tap to pay. Um, it's apparently easier to use than Google Wallet, which is cool because Google Wallet was pretty darn easy to use. Um, with Google Wallet, you needed to enter your PIN either ahead of time or if you hadn't entered your PIN yet, when you tapped it something, it would ask you to enter your PIN. Um, I would always just enter it ahead of time if I knew I was about to use it. Apparently with Android Pay, it's built right into the operating system, so there's no app you need to download. Um, and there's no PIN. The only requirement is that your phone is unlocked. Um, Gizmodo um, is assuming, and I think they're probably right, um, or at least they mentioned that uh, Google Wallet was a little confusing because not only was it did it offer tap to pay, but it also allowed peer-to-peer -peer money transferring similar to PayPal. So it could be that Google is just trying to separate the two and make it less confusing because some people know Google Wallet is a way to pay for things or send friends money. Other people know it as a way to, to pay for things by tapping terminals. Um, it could be that uh, Google is just trying to simplify the process, build build the the service right into the operating system, and then Google Wallet can just be their the Google version of PayPal. Android Pay will be Android version of Apple Pay. Sounds good. I'm down. I guess I don't know. Maybe I've never used the Google Wallet through my through my phone so. What? I reject all of that. <laughs> well, I I've got a Pebble watch, so I, I don't know sound as fancy as Craig's. <laughs> I think, honestly, it's too confusing. Um, I, I can understand baking one into the operating system and letting one be kind of a user opt-in or user preference system. We don't need two, though. I mean, realistically... Payments are something that people are always cautious about anyway. They don't want to, they don't want their information to be in the wrong hands, and they want to be very careful about knowing who they're giving what. So I think simplifying the process and making it stupidly simple with one brand, one interface, one method of payment is ultimately the best for the consumer. Um, so hopefully we'll end up with that, whichever brand, whichever version, whatever implementation it ends up being, that would be what I think we should end up with. Um, personally, I like the Google Wallet brand better than Android Pay, but it's all it's all preference. I know. It's all in the marketing, man. It's pissing me off. Anyway, all right, so listen. MediaTek's Chromebook with Craig's ever-favorite, always reversible, doesn't matter which way you put it in, USB Type-C. <laughs> wow. You almost got through that, John. <laughs> I'll give you credit. He's so, going to for 10 minutes now. <laughs> so, um, yes, this is a new Chromebook spotted from MediaTek, or it's running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So MediaTek showed a non-working Chromebook, <laughs> a non-working Chromebook, uh, with a quad-core processor, but with a USB Type-C port. Um, now, the gist of this is that it's a low-power Chromebook, it supports 4K video, and it has USB Type-C. Now, um, the benefit here, the, the, the takeaway, is that when the Chromebook Pixel 2 first launched, and we had the, on the, the, the media coverage basically comparing it side-by-side -side with the MacBook that was, that was announced a few days earlier, the only two devices on the market that would support USB Type-C, a lot of people were suggesting that it would take a long time for USB Type-C to start kicking in and start showing up on low-cost, readily available laptops. Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. This shows that a cheaper laptop is capable of shipping with this port. Um, it's not shipping yet, but it's on the it's on the track. So um, it's anyone's best guess how many production cycles we're going to have to go through before we start seeing Type-C from Acer Toshiba and the other major brands, but I'm hoping that it's going to be coming later this year, early next year, 
I don't want to buy a Chromebook without Type-C. Is there any word on whether or not the consumer version will be working or non-working? That's a good question, James. Uh, <laughs> my, my assumption, my wild assumption here, and note that I am not affiliated with MediaTek whatsoever, and I'm not qualified to speak on whether or not laptops in general work when they're being sold, but my <laughs> guess would be about as well as any other Chromebook. All right, you heard it here, folks. The new MediaTek will be a working Chromebook, says Craig Tumbleson. Can we change that to an anonymous source? <laughs> yeah. You're the one that edits this, so it's up to you. I'm confused. What's a non-working I mean, <laughs> I'm confused by that by that question. Because I, I, I didn't know if you meant, like, the whole Chromebook didn't work, or you meant the, the port is going to just be, like, empty, <laughs> or, like, it's just going to be this hole with nothing connected to the, la the, the motherboard. I'm confused. It, it, from Dinson's article, it looks like it was probably it, it happened during a trade show, so it was probably a like a pre-production like demo model, like a mock-up type thing that they quickly put together. The internals and components they just didn't go through installing Chrome OS, and it's probably made out of clay. Well, they have a picture of it, and it doesn't look like clay. Well, it's painted. You know, that doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough to say it's wrong. <laughs> secondary secondary subject matter. The rock chips. Is it the rock chips? The the uh, the newest chip? For the ARM chip? I think it's going to the Dwayne Johnson chip now. Dw oh, not the rock. Ha <laughs> ha! Exactly. Um, so you're saying that this chip, if it gets mad enough, it's going to shine it up and turn it sideways. I understand. Um, but apparently, actually, it has done that with in performance-wise. Apparently, of the articles that I've read, and I don't have any, you know, actual like links. But of the articles that I read a couple times, they're actually showing their performance levels to be like right up there with the uh, the higher-end um, ARM stuff from Nvidia, and even close to the um, the Broadwells that are low-powered. Uh, you mean on par with like Baytrail, right? I'm sorry, but I, you're right. Baytrail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, they, Broadwell. Right, right. Let's not get carried away. So, um, <laughs> listeners that don't know what just happened, uh, Broadwell, Broadwell is currently um, like the middle of the road processor from Intel, uh, the middle of the road series. Baytrail is the lower power, lower spec, and it's most comparable with what comes out of ARM. Um, so these devices will provide adequate performance, and specifically this MediaTek device claims that it'll be able to support 4K video. Uh, now, there's, I don't think we're going to see a 4K screen, but if it could do 4K by Type-C out to a 4K monitor or, or 4K television, eh, I think it would be a cool party trick. <laughs> That's kind of true. It's, it's like... It's like saying that the uh, the cheap monitor that you hooked up to the server that's just to check things, but really you got a powerhouse under there. <laughs> like, like really, that's kind of weird. All right, so so that's pretty cool. Um, type C and some really powerful ARM chips coming down the road. Um, next up, you can now access Samba shares on a Chromebook. That's hey, look, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool, man. Craig, what's the dealio? <laughs> Why do you always throw it to me? Um, <laughs> to give so, James read the article. <laughs> so, James. okay, James, yeah, James, please James. enlighten us. What? I'm supposed to read the article while you talk. So, <laughs> so Samba shares is a thing, and you can now access it through the Files app on a Chromebook. And that's the gist, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so this has been a feature request since the beginning of time. Um, Samba and SMB and a few other similar slash related uh, networking protocols are popular for Linux and Windows shares, network shares. Um, so this has been a feature request on the Chromium tracker since essentially when Chrome OS first appeared. Um, people have always wanted to be able to pull up their network shares of their existing media servers or whatever else they have on their home network and access that on their Chromebook. 
And um, this comes via an unofficial extension that hooks right into the Files app and will drop your home network share right into the Files app. So you can quickly pull up videos, whatever you need to do. Um, it's free as far as, I'm, as far as I'm aware. And it works using the uh, file system provider API that Google released a few versions back. Um, and I believe this comes from the same extension and app author as the um, OneDrive files app extension and the Dropbox um, extension. So this developer knows their way around the file system provider API, and they've done quality apps in the past. So if this is the type of thing you're looking for, give it a spin and make sure you give feedback to the developer so they know if they need to tweak some things, improve some things, or just generally fix some things. Thank you, Craig, <laughs> for for letting us know. So, so the the Samba, right? So we we're not. I'm not. I don't even do it, right? It, but it's basically creating a, a share that's available to a Linux machine from a Windows machine, right? So, Windows inaccessible from a Linux Unix machine. You set up a Samba share. It's now available. So now you can actually share your Windows machine if you know how to do it with your Chromebook. That's the big deal there. So it's also the, made by the same um, guy that made the SFTP app um, or extension that allows you to access SFTP servers through your file manager. There you go. Big big props to him. So the, now the next thing up, um, and since we use Hangouts, we don't really care. But um, how do you use Skype for web in Google Chrome? Now there's some caveats here. Right, uh, and actually, I heard this the other day on a, on another podcast. They're talking about how um, Skype for the web is now available. You, you heard here first, <laughs> um, but not on your Chromebook. You also heard that here first. Is that there's this? Everyone rejoices because everyone's got Skype, and now you can use it on your Chromebook. <laughs> so, so sad thing is, is that the there is an add-in, which is really weird, because I, I I feel like uh, I feel like it's I mean Hangouts came out with WebRTC only non-plugin needed like what like eight months ago six months no a year ago a year ago something like something crazy long time ago um, James Skype yeah Skype is definitely a thing. Um, I don't know. It 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 doesn't work on Chromebooks yet, so it has it's very little interest to me. Um, it it's a it works via the web on machines where you could just use it the old-fashioned way, anyways. So it's not exactly groundbreaking news yet, but I think one would assume that maybe possibly in the future it won't require that plugin anymore, and then maybe we actually could use Skype on a Chromebook. Um, it is Microsoft, though, so we can we can never assume. That's exactly right, and it is available on Windows machines. So there's that. Like you said, it's available for machines that already run the client. Craig, Skype, Microsoft, Big Blue. Thoughts? Well, well, uh, I think. What this really boils down to is Microsoft will have an incentive to develop a version of Skype that works on a Chromebook when Google finally gets around to developing a, an official YouTube app for Windows Phone. Um, because Google's been kind of a... Uh, they haven't been real nice to the Windows Phone platform. And we know that one of Google's big sticking points is they develop across all platforms, right? They have apps for iOS, they have apps for Android. Sure, they own Android, but they still develop apps for everywhere else. Well, not really. So I, I feel like Microsoft, Microsoft should be the bigger person here and say, hey, we want people to use Skype no matter where you're at. If So you bought a Chromebook. So you bought a Chromebook. We don't want to lose you as a Skype user. I, I, I don't know that they figured that out yet. Um, so I really, I wish companies, especially 
like Google and Microsoft and Apple would it would just develop across all platforms. Sure, we you can optimize for the platform that you have vertical control over, but still make yourself available elsewhere so that people don't have to be locked into an ecosystem. You know, if I want to use OneDrive from Microsoft and Apple Music from Apple and um, Gmail, let me. Let me have that weird combination. Um, so I, Skype's popular. People use it. I have friends that use it. They want to talk to me. I have to tell them, no, don't use that. Use Hangouts instead. And you know what? Telling people to, to use Hangouts instead is almost as bad as saying, hey, install Firefox and use the Firefox Hello extension because then you don't have to have any email address or any account or anything like that. It just works, and it's just the two of us, and it's completely peer-to-peer. You start to sound a little crazy. So just I would really like to have Skype available. I probably still wouldn't use it, but it would make other people happy. And I think if we want to see Chromebook adoption rise and Microsoft wants people to continue to have a reason to use Skype, it needs to work everywhere, including Chromebooks. Totes agree. <laughs> I think that it's, it's coming, right, right, James? It's coming. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Now, you know, now the, the other thing is, is that that Craig, you made a point about Google being like, well, we're on available for everything. <clears throat> Microsoft is actually taking that exact same tack with with all their stuff. I mean, they are literally pushing Office and all of the well, the entire Office suite onto both iOS and Android, as well as Windows Phone. And they're trying to get you basically to make the switch. And Google will allow pretty much anything in the App Store, as you well know. And so they're, they're, they're like, sure, no problem. Um, so Windows is, or Microsoft, I should say, is really pushing to get their Office suite out there. Now, that brings up the next story. It's a, actually an excellent segue talking about Microsoft and Google and uh, iOS. I have an iOS comment about, or Apple comment about my Pebble Watch, which I'm going to bring up couple of more times if possible um, because I think it's awesome uh, but iOS Craig here's a question Apple Google Microsoft Microsoft's top wait no 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 not, not top I'm sorry I saw the word laptop I said the word top um, Microsoft to counter Chromebooks with a hundred and sixty nine dollar Windows 10 laptop how's it possible Craig uh, well, uh, either through science or magic. Probably one of those. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, James. Looks like James actually had a, had a he, he, he unmuted. Um, and I didn't mean to skip you, James. I've been throwing it to Craig a lot. I don't mean to. I love you too. That so most likely an accident if I unmuted myself. <laughs> Because I know that Kirk and I actually spoke before the show, talking about talking about this a little bit. But what are your thoughts on um, on yet another? I think it was the HP Streak. I think it was a 199 Windows stream. 8 laptop or whatever stream stream. It was stream, not streak. <laughs> no. Uh, so what? I mean, 169. Let's start. Let's start with streak you. Streak would not be a bad name for a stripped down, bare bones laptop computer. That was a bad joke. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, haven't we already made fun of this before? I mean, it's just a bad idea with the number 10 on it instead of an 8.1. This is under $170, James. And there's a twist. There's a twist. This is rocking a Broadwell chip. If if the rumors come to fruition, this is rocking a solid chip. Fruition or fruition? Whichever is correct. Let's not let's not jump on me. We're focused on Microsoft here. Don't make me the bad guy. He's right. Microsoft is the bad guy. What do you remember? What was the HP Stream rocking? Was that just the uh, Haswell or was it? Does anybody know? I think it was. It had to be Baytrail. Baytrail. But I, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember. So that would be an improvement. 
Um, we'd be looking at uh, a little bit better performance for a little bit less money. Um, but we're talking about running Windows on a sub $200 piece of machinery. Saying that it has a little bit better performance is like, I don't know, trying to outrun an avalanche on skis instead of a sled. Like, I don't think, sure, maybe it's a little bit faster, but you're still going to die. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Because they have the stream tablet, and they also have a stream laptop. One second. They're still available on QVC if anybody's interested. I don't know that that is accurate, James. Um, I mean, if we believe Microsoft, they've made a lot of optimizations to Windows 10 around speed and efficiency. Which I don't. Go on. And if the Broadwell chip performs as well as the Haswell chip, you're looking at pretty solid performance and really great battery life. Um, and at $170 versus $199 for the Acer C720 with the Haswell chip or versus $150 for a Rockwell chip, uh, a Rock chip, um, it, I think it's competitive. It doesn't have to be the best in the world. It's competitive. It Given the performance I've seen on Windows machines with an i3 processor in them, to to run it on this the Broadwell Celeron and to call it good is going to, I believe, require significant optimization, like mind-blowing optimization. I can't believe they just did that optimization. Well, I, I wouldn't say good. Uh, let's be clear about expectations here. Uh, seriously, let's be clear because you're looking at a sub $200 computer. Mm -hmm. You're looking at something that is essentially disposable. If you can pay $150 and get ARM performance on a Chromebook, and we know what that is, or you can pay $170 and get Broadwell performance on a Windows 10 laptop, I think they're competitive. Uh, honestly, I think ARM on Chrome OS is going to provide about the same performance as Broadwell on Windows 10. Um, and, and I think at that point, when you're looking at side-by-side, -side, Windows can do more in terms of native applications. You're not going to run Photoshop. That's a given. Um, but it can do more in terms of if you've got that one strange old WordPerfect copy or uh, a program that you just need for some reason and everyone seems to have one, or Skype. Um, it, it is the twenty extra dollars justified? Because the build qualities are probably going to be similar. I mean, at two hundred, at less than two hundred dollars, they're cutting corners somewhere. That's pretty much a given. But I, I think it's competitive. I mean, within twenty dollars, similar performance, uh, possibly similar battery life. I, I think this could do it. Um, now, I'm curious for John's opinion here because. I want to know how Microsoft is doing this. That's what I that's what I want to know here. When I when I first heard about this, I thought, okay, but how? Because we know that when Google had Haswell chips and like the Acer C720 for 199, we know that Intel was subsidizing those because they were afraid of ARM taking over the Chromebook market. Uh, the Samsung Series 3 was the top selling Chromebook and it was ARM powered, so Intel felt like they had to cut their prices and bottom out just to stay competitive in the Chromebook range. And that made sense. But Intel isn't facing that same problem on Windows. So the price point pressure has to be coming from Microsoft. Now, it's possible that Microsoft is saying, hey, Acer, we really need a laptop that basically makes you no money to design, produce, and support. Are you up for that? And I'm not sure Acer is going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, so I'm thinking Microsoft is probably subsidizing this somehow. So that leads me to my next question. How many do they think they're going to sell? Let's say for a minute that these things are insanely popular at $170. Is Microsoft prepared to subsidize a million of these? Five million? Ten million? How many of these are they prepared to pay for, pay to have other people buy, in order to make Chromebooks go away? Literally. Craig, if they can... Listen, if they can charge $6 a month or $99 a year for Office 365 on these machines, 
loaded with this stuff, if they can have their new Spartan browser be in as many people's hands as possible, if they can have the ability to have people log in just like the Google does with your Google account, except for now you're going to be using your MSN account. That's right. MSN is back, everybody. If, if, <clears throat> if they get that, then they have the metadata, right? They haven't been really collecting much metadata of, of as much as Google has, right? Because that's Google's in advertising. That's what they do. They advertise. They they give their advertisers data, right? And I understand this. I think you understand this. I don't know how many users do. It's all anonymized. Anonymous. Anonymous. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your name is ripped out, right? So. But everything else is pretty much there. You know, I'm 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 a man. I'm 35 years old. Got a couple kids, and I live in the zip code, right? I'm pretty sure that that's pretty much used in everything that I do, and it's relayed to advertisers, and it's you know all that good stuff. Microsoft wants this information too. It's it's the wave of the future. It's the Internet of Things. Not to use that term incorrectly, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's the wave of the future, and I think I think that's why they're subsidizing. It. Go ahead. It's investing in their platform to be on everything, just like Google invested to have all of its products in everyone's hands, and then now is investing in a product like Chrome OS and, uh, and work with Intel on subsidizing that end <clears throat> before. I think Microsoft would be willing to pay you know, millions of dollars worth of subsidies to get an extra four million people to have the the operating system look at the look at the school thing right so they're offering their classroom for free now these laptops are only 170 bucks they're going to try and get into that education market door and get their get get their feet in there again right mac and windows were the winners in the education market now you're hearing about ten thousand units sold here a thousand units sold there 500 units sold there you know i mean google google's being everywhere now with Skype, I mean, I, I think Windows is trying to, Microsoft is trying to catch up because, I mean, I mean, um, Google ended up getting Hangouts rolled out so quickly. They're offering these $99 systems uh, along with a, a brief contract for only 250 a year to get networking, you know, video networking going for, for businesses. I mean, Microsoft is trying now to catch up to a new way of doing things. Don't lease the operating system for an ungodly amount of money to the OEMs and to people. Give away the operating system. Charge businesses, obviously. They're still going to do that. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's where the money is. They're, they're paying for the future. They're, they're, they're investing. So my question is just how far do you think that they would be prepared to go? I mean, uh, okay, so at $170, let's say this thing is adequate. Let's just say it's adequate. And adequate, adequate for everybody. So not businesses, not workstations, not graphic designers or engineers, but for the average home consumer. So you're looking at people that are running Windows PC desktops. They go into a Best Buy and they see one of these for $170. They buy it. They take it home with them. They spill coffee on it. They go buy another one for $170. Let's do some quick napkin math, okay? This thing probably costs $300 realistically. So if it's selling for $170, it's being they're sub. Not, they're not uh, subsidizing that much, Craig. They, they have to be. It. They have to be. Because, and then think about it the chip itself, they're, they're subsidizing that. But they also have to be subsidizing production to some amount. Because let me tell you, Acer and other OEMs aren't going to sell all laptops at no margin. They're going to want some margin built in there. And if they're going to sign a contract with Microsoft, they're going to be able to say, hey, we want this price. We will give you a laptop, but we want this price. So my gut says $300 is probably the price they're going to want. Now, I may be wrong. It may only be $250, but yeah, I, I think it, they're probably subsidizing it by at least $100. So whether that's $270, that, that's probably what I would think. So let's just say $100. Is that fair, John? hundred dollars is a lot of money. It is. Because, I mean, but it it kind of goes with my bet, though. Now, now here's the other thing. I, I believe that home premium is only going to be like a, a a buck ten to purchase 
in a box, right? Which is actually lower than it used to used to be a long time ago, but it's not exactly as low as I'd have liked it. So you can still you're still gonna be able to buy Windows 10 for like 110 bucks. OEMs, remember, are being offered it for free. When I looked up this QVC, the the uh, HP Stream, uh, I found the 13-inch model, and it was like $300. But it's 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 labeled with the Windows 8.1 with Bing, which basically means that they were offering, and we did an episode of this a while back, where Microsoft was offering 8.1 for free to OEMs if they use the Bing version. And, and that doesn't mean that it's, it shoved down your throat. It's just that the default search engine was Bing, right? So that I mean, it was actually a small caveat. So, or at least what, what we reported on. Now, here's the other thing, Craig. I know, that you, and James, I don't think you you usually don't turn yours on much either. But my Windows machine upstairs, we've got a Windows Seven machine. Now, remember, I I uh, I've had that machine for a very long time. I have Windows Seven Ultimate running on it because I got it for free when I went to a Windows uh, Microsoft conference. Back in like 2001, so maybe even 2000, maybe even like, maybe even, because I was working, maybe it was even 2009. My point is <laughs> that Windows 7 is now almost five years old, right? Roughly. Microsoft released a patch. This patch now puts an icon in your notification bar with the Windows 10 logo, and when you click it, it says, hey, Windows 7 user, you're a valid user of Windows 7. You can have Windows 10 for free. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> right. So, so are they willing to subsidize? Not only are they willing to subsidize, but they're willing to go one OS back and give it to people for free. Right. And now we're and, talking like right. whole and, hog. Exactly. And, and here's I, – I think you kind of misunderstood my point. So my point was basically let's just say for a second they're subsidizing these by $100. Just Let's just say that. If they sell a million of them, they will have subsidized $100 million. If they can manage to sell 10 million of these, which is basically the Chromebook market, they will have subsidized by a billion dollars. But if you look at how much they dropped on Surface, they spent $1.7 billion in Surface losses. So is it worth $1 billion to destroy Chromebooks? And the bottom line is absolutely. If they have an opportunity to subsidize a billion or even two billion or even three billion dollars worth of dirt cheap Windows laptops that are essentially disposable just to kill Chromebooks off entirely, to make sure that no, no person in their right mind would ever buy a Chromebook. I think it's worth it for them, especially at this point when they're restructuring, because now they have the money. They may not have the money for the next 10 years while they're restructuring and moving from traditional software into service. So I, honestly, I think, it's, I think it's a genius move. I think, and you're right, John, they probably aren't subsidizing my $100. It's probably even less. It's probably cheaper to kill Chromebooks than this quick napkin now. But I think it's smart. James, is 170 killing the market? Is it going to force a Chrome OS out? I highly doubt it. Um, I'm not sure if it's a genius move so much as it is kind of the only obvious option. Like, oh, what do we, what do, we do to, to kill the cheapest laptops in the world? Make cheaper ones and try to make them not suck so much. Unfortunately for Microsoft, it requires well, a lot of subsidizing. Well, James, you have you have a, actually a different insight also from 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 Craig and I, because you actually were in the store with people and you were like, people walked in the store wanting a Windows machine. And they saw a $200 or $300 Chromebook and were like, oh, I might do that. And you had to talk to them about what they might be missing. I mean, if you walk into a store and you're, say, like my mom, right? My mom would never buy a Chromebook, ever. Because she's like, no, I know Windows. I mean, I, you know, I got Windows 7 at home. I'm walking to a store. I have a $400 budget. The sales guy says, 
oh wait no no for 170 ma'am you only use the web so if you're you just surfing email you're just doing things like yeah you're not gaming no no, no. well this model over here right on your fixed income you just now saved two hundred thirty dollars right I mean you did have to buy the Anavaris package and stuff like that but you just saved you know two hundred thirty dollars here's here's the problem with your whole scenario there's several first of all it completely depends on what store you walk into because if you walk into Walmart you probably your mom will buy a Chromebook because she's not going to know it's a Chromebook. There's going to be HP Windows laptop, HP Windows laptop, HP Chromebook, HP Windows laptop, HP Windows laptop. Oh, this one's the cheapest one, and it has a sticker on it that says Windows 10 because Walmart is Walmart, and it even says that I can get a discount office if I buy it because Walmart. So your mom probably will buy a Chromebook if she goes to Walmart. If she goes to Best Buy, and there's no Google specialist there to talk to her, she's probably not going to buy a Chromebook because she's going to walk in, there's going to be a big Google display, and she's going to see the price tag, and she's going to walk over, and then she's going to notice it's some weird Google thing, and she's going to keep moving. Um, if there's a, a Best Buy employee there, they don't care. They're not going to try to sell a Chromebook unless they happen to be a guy who happens to be a Google geek or like Chromebooks. Uh, Best Buy employees by and large, know nothing about Chromebooks, despite the fact that Google has given several Best Buys several units to give their computer people to test, they know nothing. And if they choose to mention a Chromebook, they're probably going to misrepresent it. Every time I go to Best Buy, I always wander over and just kind of hang out by the Google table for a while and just listen to the things that the employees say when customers say, what is this thing? They don't know. They have no idea. They say, oh, it's basically just a browser. It's like a phone. You just get apps from the store. Uh, you probably want a Windows machine. So that's kind of, that's kind of frustrating. S stores are working in Microsoft's favor. You have Walmart selling Chromebooks as if they're Windows machines. You have Best Buy who has a big Google display because Google paid him a bunch of money probably to put it there. But Nobody knows anything about them, and they always direct people over to iPads and Windows computers anyways. Um, so, I don't know. Windows definitely needs to do something, because despite all these stores working against Chromebooks, they are doing well. And uh, I think Microsoft is probably going to want to maybe try to fight Chromebooks where Chromebooks are succeeding the most, um, and maybe start attacking schools. Um, Chromebooks have taken a lot of sales away from iPads. Um, if people are, are still liking the idea of having a tablet instead of a laptop for schools, maybe Windows needs to consider cheap, education-focused Windows tablets. No, I don't, I don't think tablets have worked. I think that's one of the reasons why Chromebooks don't work so well. Well, they don't, but schools still buy them for some reason, and they're paying 800 bucks a pop for an iPad. 200 bucks for a Windows tablet? Yeah, you know yeah, I find that ridiculous. Craig, Craig, <laughs> Craig, we'll, 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 we'll uh, finalize, finalize the discussion with you uh, and, and let everybody go. But, I mean, is it the education market? Is it just $170, you know, in the stores? What, what are your, your, your final thoughts on, uh, on Windows coming out with a $170 Broadwell system? Well, so uh, I think my bias is pretty clear here. I like Chromebooks. I like them for a lot of reasons other than just the price. Um, I think they're fantastic to manage. They're easy to use. Um, and they're an easy sell once you get someone using one. Um, with that said, I think Microsoft is in a position where they own the market space. They own the, the branding presence. When people think of a laptop or a desktop, they think Windows, especially on the low end. Because on the high end, they think Mac. Chromebooks don't have the market penetration yet to match Windows. So I think if Microsoft were to say, hey, let's spend, well, let's make a deal with our partners and let's subsidize the heck out of these things, make them as cheap as possible, and flood the market from the bottom, make quality devices, or at least, at least devices with a quality chip, and flood the bottom of the market. I think it's worth $2 billion, $3 billion, $4 billion to do it. Kill the threat while it's young. Get rid of it. Be done with it. Google will move on, do something else. 
and then you go back to raising your prices just like any old traditional monopoly would. Can uh, here's the other question. Can um, you know we've seen we've seen the manufacturers go go nuts with the Chromebooks, right? We have you know Dell, Samsung, Acer, Lenovo. You mentioned them; they're making Chromebooks, right? Um, it looks like I'm looking here, and it looks like. They don't mention, Joey doesn't mention over OMG Chrome. It doesn't mention which manufacturer. Of course, this did come from another source that we don't trust. But the, um, it doesn't, I can't tell if there's multiple manufacturers there because honestly, one manufacturer can't crack out 10 million in a year. It's just not, not going to happen. Well, Joey, Joey does specifically mention Acer. Um, uh, it says their sources say that Acer and company have been per persuaded to use powerful fifth-generation Broadwell processors uh, and not the cheaper Intel Bay Trail. Um, so I, I think, well, see, I don't know. I, I really don't know because if Microsoft is, if they're willing to go full force, they may really be willing to say, hey, we'll buy a, we'll buy a factory and make it happen. You know, how badly do they want this? How committed to the vision are they? Now, realistically, they're probably not. This is probably just some random last-ditch effort. But if you have got somebody in upper management that says, hey, I'm going to make this problem go away. Give me the resources to do it. Chromebooks will be gone in five years. I think now would be the time to act. I think this is a good strategy for doing it. I really hope it doesn't happen because, <laughs> obviously, I love Chromebooks. But... <laughs> Don't mind James. He apparently is making a sandwich. Nah, yeah. Thank you. There, there are more pressing matters on Earth than just Microsoft strategy, but <laughs> like James's tummy. So, so I'll give you that, uh, uh, Craig. The power of the interwebs. The power, the power of Google. Uh, okay, <laughs> James. James is now uh, patting his round belly. The, um, the, the, uh, of course, we use Google Hangouts to record, and James literally was able. He didn't mute him. He didn't mute us this time, so now we can actually hear his microwave. Um, he's able to walk to his home, and uh, we've now had a tour, basically, Craig. Um, manufacturers can't make a lot of money on something that's already subsidized. If you're making $40 a unit and you and you can only crank out 500,000 in a quarter, um, you're not going to build a new plant to, to, to do that unless you know that Microsoft is going to assist you and subsidize for the next four or five years and that way you can pay for that plant. So unless you've got plants that are dry right now and you can, you can ramp them up immediately, which some of the large manufacturers probably do, but... Um, I, I think that the Windows 8 machines that were 250 bucks, because we bought one, sadly, um, for our business, um, it was a POS. And it was from Asus. And I love Asus. I think Asus is fantastic. But this, it, it's like a 15-inch like screen or something like that. And the, the screen is great, but everything else is pretty much crap. I mean, like, the USB ports don't work properly. The audio driver has gone crazy on us in the middle of when we needed it to work. And, and I mean, just went nuts. I, I can't even tell you how much of a piece of junk this thing is. So getting really low-end stuff, um, whether it's got Windows on it or not, I mean, maybe if it's subsidized, like, listen, this, this C720 I'm using right now is an amazing piece of hardware. It is now two years old, and it runs so well running Chrome OS. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. So if Windows is able to get that kind of subsidy, where they are, or, I mean, uh, provide that kind of subsidy, where they're actually Acer's offering a really solid platform. I mean, like solid, um, and not this that Asus piece of junk that I have. It, it could be a killer, but otherwise, we saw this six eight months ago, and it didn't really do anything. Well, that's where I think the amount of subsidization really kicks in, because if Microsoft goes to Asus or Acer and says, "Hey," I want you to build a $300 laptop that you would retail for $300, and we're going to knock the price down to 179 
we will subsidize $130 per unit. We, we plan on selling 10 million of them, and we're going to write off $1.3 to kill Chromebooks. You know, you're looking at the same type of quality, maybe even a hair better than the C720. And, you know, these are, if they're building a $300 laptop, it would, quality-wise, it would probably, from Acer, it would meet the C720. Even if they use the same case, the same shell. What do you think, James? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Sorry. My cat loses crap on laptop. Um, just took a I still think Craig, is, uh, I think Craig is giving Windows 10 optimization a little too much credit still. Sure, the, the new subsidized Windows machine has better hardware than the Acer C720, but I have a feeling that if you do anything on that machine besides run Firefox, it's probably not going to be any better than the Acer C720, but we'll just have to wait and see. I didn't even use Windows 8. So I don't even know how much better Windows 8 is than 7. If Windows 8 performed better than 7 and 10 performs better than 8, maybe we will actually have a, a decent running Windows machine. But I've just I've just seen way too many Windows 7 machines that can barely function with an i3 processor. I'm not excited at all about about a, a Broadwell Celeron processor with 2 gigs of RAM. But I, I think that's part of it, though. It doesn't need to be... A $500 laptop. It just needs to be a Chromebook. It needs to be able to do what a Chromebook does, which is browse the web. And at $170, it makes it a buy over a $200 Chromebook. Possibly. On paper. But on paper. And for the people that wander into the store, they're looking at the Walmart shelves. They see a Chromebook for $200 or for $150 with a Rockwell or a, a Rock chip or a $170 Windows PC from Acer or whoever on display in the front row, because that's where Walmart puts the Windows computers, that's going to be the purchase. Yeah. Windows has that working for them. They also have the fact that people expect Windows to suck, so they're not going to be as upset when they buy a cheap laptop and it's slow and crappy. So they do kind of have that working for them. When you buy a Chromebook, we're always preaching how fast and, and awesome they are. So if you get a Chromebook that doesn't operate well, you start to kind of complain. So they do have that working for them. That's a fair point. <laughs> so so real, real world usage. That POS ASUS machine that I have um, runs Windows 8 fine, right? But the Windows 8, because I don't have 8.1, I got 8. And it is... For a product that costs money and came out of uh, Microsoft, it is terrible. Eight was a, a train wreck beyond comprehension in comparison to the way that it used to be with seven. It was such a diversion, and then they had like broken things where like you couldn't. You, it, 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 it's a train wreck. So Windows 10 though, is their full reimagining of everything all together and working properly apparently, right? And performance tuning on top of that. So I, I'm scared of the OS. I'm not scared of its attack against Chrome OS because I think Chrome OS has already had, uh, does it does have a leg up in multiple areas as well as uh, market penetration already. So I think Google's done a really good job. Um, will it be the top selling laptop forever, or you know what I mean? Like, will Chrome OS take over Microsoft and 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 something? You know, the, the world's a utopia and everything's you know. Butterflies are singing songs in your ear and stuff. It, it, that's not going to happen, right? Because the micro, Macs are still out there, other things are still out there, and you've got. <clears throat> I think that the world's changing, though. So, uh, this whole free OS thing is, is here to stay because they're they're sucking in all of our data. Apple would disagree. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> What's that, James? With your mouth full, of he literally. Let me just let me just explain what James is doing right now. I'm on a diet, right? Where like I can't eat carbs, and James is walking around where he just microwaved a pizza, an entire pizza. And I don't mean like like a small like DiGiorno going on. I mean like this big honking, and like he's just walking around eating this pizza and looking at us on camera like, what are what? And that's just. So, 
Thanks, James. Um, Craig, Craig, while James chews, Craig, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to the, the good folks at home? Goodbye, good folks at home. It's been a pleasure talking into your face. In your face. James. Um, yes. <laughs> James is literally too busy having a snack. An entire <laughs> a snack. This is dinner, bro. Okay. I did not get so, to eat. James, say goodbye to the nice people. Goodbye, nice people and Apple users. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us here on Chromebooks today. Be sure to check out um, the site, Chromebooks.today, for all of the show notes that we may or may not put up, or Craig may or may not put up. Craig will do it, Craig will do it because he is the bomb. <laughs> he is our curator and the knower of things. Thanks, Craig. James, thanks, uh, everyone, again. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week.